Welcome to the No Toes Down podcast at BitCat Country and SB Nation. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at No Toes Down and email us at notoesdown at gmail.com. Make sure you subscribe and rate us. Welcome back to another episode of No Toes Down. So... Trev, how did you feel after game two? Not too bad. I was a little upset with the the end of the game and a crucial call by the ref that really, as you saw, yeah. angered me. Yeah. And that was disappointing that the ref would put the game in his own hands there a little bit. Um, but overall, it was a good game. The team played well. You can't fault them for losing by three at Tennessee when the last three years at Tennessee, they've lost by like 100 points combined. So... <laughs> It could be worse. They did really well. I think they played well overall. Um, it was really nice to see Minshew out there. It was like every time he was on the field, you kept thinking like, okay, now something's going to happen. It was always Like just a good like, thing? Yeah, like yeah. a good thing was going to happen. You weren't like nervous about it too much. You were kind of anxious for them to score a touchdown, but you knew something was going to happen. It's crazy because the defense you know, kept giving up touchdowns and kept putting the team in a hole and you've, you know, Minshew and the team, the offense would go down and score and you'd be like, oh, they can't do it again. And they do it again. And then you say, okay, can they do it again? And they just kept <laughs> responding. Yeah. And the, the second half was amazing. Yeah. What do you think the temperature of the fan base is right now after game two? I think people are pumped, to be honest. Yeah. It's, if you remember last year, week two, the Jaguars, it was Minshew's first start of his career, and the Jaguars almost had that comeback victory in Houston, and they went for the two-point conversion and didn't get it. So they lost the game, and they were 0-2. But fans were like, this guy's the man, Minshew, yeah. the offense, they can do it. And they had a Thursday night game to follow, and then they beat Tennessee in the Thursday night game. So I think there's similar feelings to that, but even higher, because they already beat the Colts, and they already almost beat the Titans on the road. Yeah. And you just see the offense... It's like an offense we haven't seen in Jacksonville since like the 90s. So, and that's not even like an exaggeration. That's just what it is. So when you see them scoring points, you have receivers who are all doing different things. Uh, You have a running back who runs well and can see where the holes are and Mm -hmm. run through them. I just showed you that video of Leonard Fournette where I said, hey, stopped it at the point of attack. Where would you run? And yeah. he ran to the wrong location and would have had a touchdown instead he had a two-yard game. You know, we're not going to see that anymore. So I hope not. I hope yeah. not. But I, I do think, yeah, fans are probably in a good place right now. And especially the fans in Jacksonville, they probably need that, especially since they can't go to the actual games. They can, 20%. Well, okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, fans... All around the world, I guess, are in a better state of mind mentally. Yeah. Um, you know, no one's like drinking their sorrows just yet. So this is amazing. It's actually exciting. Well, it's a big game coming up and we'll talk about it later. But they're, they have a chance to, you know, keep the momentum going and keep the fan base engaged. You want right. to talk about the game? Yeah, let's talk about the All highlights. Right. We'll go through three points quickly. The offense to start. Talked about it a bit. Minshew, the receivers were incredible. I think he threw for around 350 yards, three touchdowns. He had two interceptions. Um, 
Yeah, and one was to end the game, and it got tipped, and that's unfortunate. There should have been a penalty on the call. Clowney was lined up like a yard offside, whatever. Probably didn't impact the play in the end. Maybe it did. Um, the interception he had in the first quarter, it's almost like a bad route design where two players were kind of run, running to the same area, so the throw was meant for the the tight end, Eifert, further down the field, and Colin Johnson kind of came underneath and undercut it and tipped it. So who knows if you know that's a that's a, a mistake by the receivers or a bad play draw. Either way, um, overall Minshew was amazing. Two interceptions, not not terrible interceptions in my opinion. Not terrible decisions. Not like he doesn't have the uh, arm strength to put it in the right place. It was just you know kind of tip balls, bad circumstance. He did take one really bad sack for twenty yards that you never want to see. But I don't expect that to happen too often. He could throw the ball away. Yeah, one thing I do like about, I think, Minshew is noticing that he's able to um, basically have something like that happen and he doesn't let it phase him into the next part of the game because I've seen QBs in the past where an interception happens and then it just slowly goes downhill from there almost because you can tell it impacts how they play. Um, so it's nice to see him sort of be like, okay, that happened. Let's start again. No, and, it's so true. And it's a great mentality to have. I think you can really see how the team thrives off of that. So that's amazing that he can do that. If the quarterback loses confidence and starts playing poorly, the team's done. Yeah. And you're right. So, so he's not in his head too much. Yeah, it's a, that's a great observation. And then just to cap off the offense, James Robinson, the running back, another amazing game. Ran for over 100 yards, had a touchdown. This, the burst through the hole is pretty impressive. And speaking of the holes, props to the offensive line. They're playing great. Um, not giving up too much pressure on Minshew, and then they're creating big holes for the running back. So uh, it looks to be a strength of the team. They're all starters from last year, and they're all back, and that should be a cohesive unit. So uh, like what we see from the offense. I guess we're going to have to talk about some of the poor things now. Do you want to start with special teams or defense? Uh, special teams. Well, special teams is usually, we don't even bring it up because they're usually great. Lambeau never misses a kick. He missed an extra point this game. Uh, Logan Cook had a bad punt at the end of the game that really set up Tennessee for that game-winning field goal. But the worst part was that squib kick or power kick, whatever they called it, at the end of uh, the first half. I mean, I started just fast-forwarding because I had a DVR. Okay, whatever, we're going to half. And then... Get get on the other side of half, and you see that the Titans scored three points in those last 12 seconds. So the squib kick was a bad idea. Just kick it deep, put it through the end zone. The Tennessee's not going to run one back, and if they do, well, you guys screwed up, right? Yeah. Um, that was unfortunate. I, I guess Josh Lambeau slipped when he kicked it. That was just like a crazy fluke play. Um, and without that, who knows? Maybe the Jags win. Maybe they don't, but that was definitely devastating. So bad day for special teams. But overall, I'm not worried about the punter. Cook's been good, and Lambo's obviously been amazing. Best mm-hmm. kicker in the league, I would say, recently. So um, nothing to worry about. And hopefully our kick and punt returner can just catch the ball and not scare everyone and give yeah. everyone a heart attack. I will say it's, it's really nice watching <laughs> the Jags now um, take a kick and not being like, oh, my God, like being so anxious or a kick, which is a little bit ridiculous, because I remember in the past being like, okay, here's the kick, and you're just like at the edge of your seat, like, is That's he going to make it? 
Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's weird having those feelings now where you're like, oh, remember back when we were yeah, nervous about Yeah, the Jason kicks? Myers days where I'd be <laughs> doing snow angels on the floor as trying to make the ball go in. Yeah, terrible. Uh, and then the defense. So uh, a tough day um, on the pass defense. The rush defense was incredible. They shut down Henry um, less than three and a half carries per or yards per carry. That's great. But I think they just overemphasize that and um, they let Tannehill throw wild and he converted third downs he moved the field moved the ball down the field threw for four touchdowns Ryan Tannehill made him look like prime Tom Brady out there so it's something to look at and it's a combination of having young guys in the secondary but also a pass rush that's not getting to the quarterback so hopefully they can fix that for Thursday night I know that's that's soon that is soon so Hopefully we uh, got some Josh Allen bulldozer fixes and he can go sack the quarterback a couple times. Let's hope, right? Let's hope, yeah. Okay, let's take a quick break and we'll be back with What Did They Really Mean and our favorite segment. (laughs) Right. (laughs) All right, welcome back. Well, let's get to our next segment. What do you mean? Okay, we have a special guest today on What Did They Really Mean? Love it. (laughs) Um, so our first quote comes from Jones on the Avery defensive Jones? game plan. Yeah. Okay. Um, he says, coming up here, you know what Tennessee is going to do. You know who their bell cow is, and it really just comes down to a commitment by every player on this team that's going to say, we want to stop the run. Question. Answer. <laughs> what is a bell cow? Is that a country thing? It sounds very countryish. I just, I don't know like the roots of it, but yeah. I know it means... He's their main running back. So Derrick Henry is the Tennessee Titans bell cow. Oh, okay. So it's just kind of like a... It's not a nickname? No, no. It's like he's the main running back. He's always carrying the ball. I don't know. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Maybe someone could tell us. All right. So what do you think he really meant by that? Well, he basically said like the game plan coming into Tennessee was just to make sure Derrick Henry didn't go wild and run all over us because then the game would have gotten away from the Jags. I also think he's saying, though, like we put all of our focus in there and we didn't focus maybe enough on the pass offense. And obviously Tannehill killed them a bit. So, you know, I think what the Jags need to do going forward, or, you know, and they know what they need to do going forward. They have to have a, a good balance of stopping the run and the pass. And it's easier said than done. But the best defenses in the league are able to kind of manage both, right? Yeah. So that's something they're going to have to work on. And again, it comes from a better pass rush. And the young guys in the backfield, you know, just learning and growing. So, yeah. yeah. I find it kind of interesting that he stresses on the fact that you need people on the team who will say they want to stop the run. It almost implies like it's happened before that there were people who maybe... Probably a few hate-and-ass former Jag players. <laughs> okay. I'm going to say that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, okay. Moving on to our next quote. This comes from Doug Marone on running back James Robinson. Coach Marone. All right. So he says, what you guys are seeing now is probably what I've been seeing all camp. Just a real steady, good football player. If something is there, he's going to find it. He's not going to make mistakes and lose yardage for you. He's a tough runner. Yeah, nothing crazy here, but just giving props to the running back again. He is not going to make the mistakes when he's given the ball. He has good vision. And he's going to make the right read and he's going to make the right run. It might not always be for, you know, 10 yards or 20 yards or a touchdown, but he's not going to lose them yards. And 
again, going back to the running back we had last year, sometimes he would have a big, big run uh, if everything worked out perfectly for him and yeah. the hole was the size of, you know, the Atlantic Ocean. He could run through it. Yeah. But he also would always get behind the sticks. And what I mean by that is he would tiptoe when he'd get the ball and then the defenders would just collapse on him and, oh, there you go. First and 10, now we're at second and 12 or second and 13, and that really hurts an offense. So, you know, Robinson isn't losing yards. I can't remember too many carries in the first two weeks that he lost yards, and that's a breath of fresh air because it seemed to happen a lot in the past. So it's good to see. Yeah, and I like the fact that uh, Doug Marone is kind of commenting on the fact that he's, he's steady. Like, that's a very interesting attribute for him to describe this guy. So yeah. for us, it's... Because, I mean, for the fans, this is game two, right? Mm-hmm. That we're yep. seeing him. This is week two. Um, and what this tells me is basically what we can anticipate is consistency. And that's kind of refreshing. So hopefully... For sure. And yeah. I think Doug's probably pretty proud about, you know, James Robinson himself because they let go of Leonard Fournette and said, we're going to bring in this undrafted yeah. rookie yeah. who no one's ever seen, no one's ever heard of. Yeah. He hasn't even had a preseason game to practice, but we trust him more than anyone else. Yeah. in that room and so far you know it's paid off and that's a credit to coach Marone's talent um sc- not scouting but evaluation evaluation yeah. yeah and like even like what we had talked about last week in terms of not having that pressure everyone being like sort of almost writing off the jags to a certain mm-hmm. extent mm-hmm. i think it really lifted the weight of that pressure of needing to come in and perform and be you know top of your game yeah. It just allows them to come in and be top of their game without any set expectations for them, which yeah. is amazing. So, yeah, well, it's, it's definitely a lot more fun to cheer for James Robinson. So, yeah, all right. And our final quote is from DJ Chark yeah. on what he sees this year, week two, compared to last year's week two um, from Gardner and the offense. Okay, what did all he right? say? So, he said, Last year we were just out there competing. I think the difference now is that we have a method to what we are doing. He then later on goes to say, and I also feel like he has more help now. He, d- he don't have to go out there, scramble, and make every play. So a couple things here. What are you laughing about? No, I just you, you comment first. Comment okay. First. So where he said we have, you know, more of a method to what we're doing. Yeah. I don't know if that's meant to be a shot at the offensive coordinator last year, um, or maybe he's just saying, oh, we were young and, you know, we weren't quite as good and experienced. But let's look at it as a shot to the offensive coordinator from last year because uh, Filippo last year, you know, we thought he might have been a good coordinator, didn't turn out well. You know, they bring in Jay Gruden this year, and through two weeks, Jay Gruden has called great games. He's put the team in the right positions. He's you know, he's schemed guys open, and the running game's been great. So maybe he feels like from the leadership standpoint, there's more of a plan on offense, and it's not like, okay, just run and get open. It, it's, it's really a team game right now mm-hmm. where how everything's set up, when to run, when to pass, is just making a lot more sense and playing to the team's strengths. So that's probably part of it. Um, and then he says, yeah, we have, you know, Gardner has more help this year. Well, Gardner's better this year, but also all the receivers they have, Mm-hmm. Um, are you know one year more experienced and then we got LaVisca who's just been incredible so just more options yeah and I think even like just reading the part of saying that they have a method to what they're doing now we kind of call that 
out last week. It was watching them play. It felt like there was better coordination. Like it just felt like they were more on the same like sort of rhythm, um, as opposed to I don't know, you know, when things happen and it just goes wrong and then it just spirals out of control. Yeah, it's that confidence thing. So yeah, so that rhythm's developed by gaining first downs and keep moving the ball. So mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. sure, for sure. Okay. All right. So that was a good segment. That was a good segment. All right, and now we're moving on to our new segment, <laughs> hating ass former Jaguar players. I shout out to those who actually reached out to us to tell us that they actually love this segment. It's their new, fa it's their new favorite segment. <laughs> it's their new favorite. So, um, yeah, I mean, what do you have for us this week, Trev? It's not as exciting as last week where we could just slander all those other guys for their poor play. Um, those other guys played better and their teams were better this week. But, you know, I'll try and find a couple things here. So <laughs> let's start with Leonard Fournette. You know, again, he's on this list because he said he never had played with a real quarterback until Tom Brady, and obviously Minshew's been balling. Wow. But Fournette had a good game on Sunday. He ran for two touchdowns. He ran for over 100 yards. But I will say that at the end of the game, when they asked the coach, when is he going to start, the coach said, well, he's not ready. He doesn't know enough of the playbook yet, which is... I read that as, yeah, he's not studying hard enough. He's not mm -hmm. trying hard enough, which was something we always heard in Jacksonville. So, um, Len, keep up your shit. I like it. Uh, Ronnie Harrison, I mean, the Browns won on last, uh, won last Thursday. Um, they played well, but Ronnie Harrison didn't really do anything, so that, that stays the same. Not much to say there. Yannick Ngakwe, he got a sack this week, so he's feeling pretty good, and even, you know, he was putting it on Instagram and tweeting it. Oh, he's feeling wow, himself. Really? But his team got smoked. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so, so single celebration, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, this goes back to some of the guys are getting rid of, you know, might be a little bit me first guys. Yeah. You know, his team lost by 17 to the Colts, who the Jags just beat. You know, Yannick just wanted to go to a team that valued him and, you know, was all for one and, you know, a team that had a good culture. But so far, Minnesota's struggling. So... We'll see. The grass isn't always greener. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. If they keep losing, the better our second round pick gets. So I'm good with them losing. And then, last but certainly least, Jalen Ramsey. Oh, boy. Yeah. That Rams won again, which sucks because we have their draft pick. Um, he still doesn't have an interception, though. So I'm just waiting for him to implode. He's definitely a me-first guy. You yeah. know. That team is very thin. They're not, they don't have a lot of depth, so a couple injuries could really railroad their season. I'm not saying I want it to happen because I don't want their guys to get injured, but the worse they do, the better for the Jags. So, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully next week's more exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. We need Jags wins followed by struggles for hating us former Jaguar players. Oh, yeah. Um, speaking of yep. former Jags players, I wouldn't say he's hating ass he's actually uh kind of an honorary former jags player Who's bortles it? yeah what happened to bortles oh the boat <laughs> he got picked up by denver uh denver had an injured quarterback bortles is going to denver if he gets in i was already talking to anthony i will watch i uh, want to see the bortles get back in there and and light it up yeah for better or for worse 
Yeah, he's not part of this segment, by the way. I just thought of him. No, no. Yeah. We would never include no, him in this. No, Unless he made fun of the team or of Minshew or he something like that. But he would not. He no, would I, I love Blake. So, Blake, you're not part of the hating-ass former Jaguar players. We just wanted to give you a shout-out. I hope you kill it out there. Hope you get in. Yeah. Okay, so there's a game in two da- two days. Two days, yep. Two days. Thursday night. We're here recording Tuesday night. They play the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. I believe when we did our schedule release, I picked them to beat the Dolphins. Yeah, you picked Which them. we forgot to mention. Unfortunately, I'm two for two because I picked the Tennessee Titans to oh, beat the right. Jaguars last week, right. which I was, wish I was wrong. But I'm not. Um, so we got the Dolphins. The Jaguars are favored. They should win. They have won their Thursday night games at home pretty, pretty routinely over the last few years. But you never know. This is still a young team. Fitzpatrick is Fitz magic going against the Minshew magic. There's a lot of magic in this game. I don't know what to think about. Mm. And there was also a, um, a little bit of a, what would you call it? Facial hair beef happening today. <laughs> so Fitzpatrick got asked about the beard versus the mustache. And he was like, oh, well, the beard's better, blah, blah, blah. And then Minshew said, oh, I'm not going to talk bad about Fitzpatrick. Because I respect my elders, like my really oh. elder elders. <laughs> Fitzpatrick's an older quarterback, and he's coming Shots in. So fired. I think they're both kidney with each yeah, other. Yeah, for sure. But um, yeah, so it's gonna be a, it's an important game if the Jags can get to two and one, then they go play Cincinnati, and then they play Houston, who's struggling, and then the Lions, like, and then the Chargers, like, there's there's some chance to do some do some good and, and get themselves in a good spot. But it starts here Thursday night. The fans out of there got to be amped, got to be helping the team out. Wish we could be there, but no. Yeah. What do you think? Do you think they can pull through? I think they can pull through. With the way they've been playing so far, I think if they're consistent, definitely think they can pull through. Yeah. I just, I just think that this is just a totally different team with a totally different trajectory. Um, and kudos to the coaches and the players and I guess even the management for – for believing in in this team when not many people did it just feels way different than you know 12 months ago where the Jaguars were going into Thursday night um, and even though people were excited about the team because Minshew had had his you know game and a half of playing it's just different this year it just feels like wow there's a lot of talent and it's weird because two weeks ago everyone said this is the worst team in the league it doesn't seem like it yeah, is so it, doesn't feel like it, at all. it just feels different and hopefully 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 they can keep it going yeah. What do you think about are they going to do a game in the uh, in London this year? No, those are, canceled, yeah, so. those are canceled. Yeah, those are canceled. More home games for the more Jags. There are going to be two. Oh, okay. So, um, no, it's good. Keep the home field advantage. Well, it was home field in London, too. Not really, though. No? <laughs> Not really, though. So, big Thursday night game. Let's take the Dolphins down. Let's get to that 2 and one mark and onward. Onward. Let's go Jags. Go Jags.